Well, I won't reintroduce this because we were just here a few minutes ago with our previous broadcast. And welcome again to my office and um, to my clutter. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Bible studies. There's, I think we did mention this before, didn't we? Um, when we talk about Bible study, personally I don't like to use the expression even, uh, because it creates a certain picture or image in people's minds. Very often when sectarians have a Bible study, they begin by standing in a circle and holding hands and saying whatever prayers they might make up at the moment, or perhaps some prayers from a prayer book. We don't hold hands in prayer like that because, first of all, it prevents people from making the sign of the cross. Secondly, the idea of holding hands in a circle really comes from witchcraft, not from Christian worship. It's part of the New Age movement, and it reflects a sort of return to Mother Earth Goddess worship and um, this kind of, well, almost a neo-paganism. Holding hands in prayer, especially when you sit at a table, is precisely what is done at a seance when you're trying to concentrate or focus and make um, a spirit appear or make the table rise and float or something. And uh, so it's completely inappropriate for Christians to pray in that posture or that manner. The uh, idea that you share each other's peripheral energies in prayer by holding hands rather than by praying common prayers together, we make the sign of the cross. We can never be in a situation where we prevent ourselves from making the sign of the cross in prayer. The cross is a terror to demons, not people holding hands in a circle. Um, but in, in the Bible study itself, very often the Bible study consists in people giving their opinion of what a verse of Scripture means. And this is something else which is really completely inappropriate for us. We would look to the Holy Fathers, expect whoever's teaching the Bible study to have perhaps read St. John Chrysostom's commentary on the segment of Scripture that we're about to study, and discuss the meaning of the entire narrative as a whole, as a complete unit, and uh, discuss the meaning and the context of that whole narrative, not a single verse snipped out of that narrative because it sounds nice. Uh, one verse of scripture has no meaning whatsoever. Every verse fits into a complete narrative and it's so important that we pay attention to that complete narrative in our Bible studies. And this is an Orthodox Christian approach to the understanding of the Divine Scripture. Now I've been asked what I thought of the new Orthodox Study Bible, and I've not actually gone through it carefully. I did look through it, and one thing I must say is it's coming closer to the best translation available in North America that is the one that's published in, in um, Buena Vista, Colorado. Uh, I'm always tempted to call it Buena Vista, but there they pronounce it Buena Vista, Colorado, by the Women's Monastery or uh, Bishop Gregory's Men's Monastery. It still remains one of the most exact translations, and it has copious notes from the Holy Fathers. 
And this is what makes it such an outstanding rendition uh, of, of the New Testament. It's not very expensive either. Now, I did notice that the New Orthodox Study Bible, which is much less Protestant than the first version, where they were really afraid to talk about the Most Holy Theotokos for fear of offending Protestant friends or something. Uh, this one has much more uh, notation from the Holy Fathers as well. So that's, that's a great improvement. But I'll have to look at it carefully before I can say more about the translation. Uh, check the Lord's Prayer, and if it ends with, deliver us from the evil one, then it's probably on the right track. See how the verse about the wedding of Cana is handled, where Jesus Christ turns to his mother and says, My dear one, in the feminine, of course, so it would come out, my dear lady. Um, my dear one, what difference does it make to you and to me? Why should we care that they don't have any wine? Uh, see how those verses are handled, and it, it will give you some idea of what the quality that might follow. Uh, there, there are other verses that we could use as touchstones as well, and we'll discuss them in the fullness of time. I had also promised to talk about reading the Old Testament. And I want to remind people that no one knows the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son reveals him. So don't think that by reading the Old Testament you actually come to a knowledge of God. You come to a knowledge of God when the Son reveals him to us in his own person. We know God through Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, by means of Jesus Christ, and we cannot come to the Father by any other means except through Jesus Christ. We can have no other knowledge of God except as Jesus Christ reveals him. You see, in the Old Testament, there were, of course, revelations. But people always misused or misinterpreted or misunderstood these revelations, sort of projecting their own passions onto God and understanding God through their own passions. So the holy prophets then came and gave us a more full revelation trying to unfold more clearly the understanding of God, reminding people that Israel had a spousal relationship with God, not a legal agreement or a treaty, and that it was the fulfilling of that spousal relationship of that love for love trust for trust. That was the real calling of Israel, and not fulfilling just a law or a, a treaty. So love and trust were really what was being called for. And uh, the prophets revealed a great deal of that to us. But if man had been able to come to a full comprehension and to be saved by the law or this treaty, then Jesus Christ, God would not have been incarnate in Jesus Christ. God the Word was incarnate in the flesh to see us face to face and to straighten out our understanding and misunderstandings about God and about what was really expected for our salvation. And I know that a lot of particularly fundamentalists, but fundamentalists within the Orthodox Church as well, very often go rummaging through the Old Testament trying to find ways to hurt people, trying to find a law with which they can judge and condemn somebody, but I don't see them rummaging through the Old Testament 
to find ways that they can genuinely help and serve other people. This is one of the great failings in our understanding of Scripture. And when people start interpreting the Old Testament in these Bible studies where each person has their own point of view uh, about what a verse means, the whole story is in there, and nothing has any meaning without the entire story. Uh, You know, if you look at the book of Judges, for example, if you illustrated that book carefully, you wouldn't be allowed.